What is up? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast for Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough, VanguardNE.ca. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario, Canada, joined by my podcast partner in crime, one of my best friends of all time, the greatest ever, the one and only Michael Piagello in Cheektowaga, New York. Michael, I outdid the intro from last time, I think. Yes, you did. Good morning, Norman. Uh, yeah, from frigid Chictawaga. I'm tired of the single-digit Fahrenheit temperatures. Well, um, I, I like I like how you taught me something right on the spot. It's Chictawaga, not Chictawaga. I'm thinking of Irv Weinstein, man, the, the great one. Leafs fandom is a tire fire right now. You know, we're part of that. But uh, half of Leafs fans are in fear of what's to come with Boston, and the other half of Leafs fans don't think Boston really equates to much because their data points to – the Leafs winning uh, a Stanley Cup with certain ease. For us, Mike, we're feeling the the pressure uh, as fans, knowing that the Boston Bruins have won a ton of games, 18 games in a row with a point. They're four clear of the Leafs in the standings, um, and they just look like they're revving their engines on all cylinders. Now the question is, are they going to burn out in time for the Maple Leafs to be able to take advantage of them? Or are they just basically sending a message to not only the Leafs, but the rest of the league? The Bruins are ready to play. They know the playoffs are around the corner. And Godspeed if you, you try to take them on. Well, the glass is half full person would say they're using up their magic now. And, you know, that that six weeks before the playoffs, you're not going to peak. Yeah, uh, it's, it's bad to peak. Um, but... Honestly, they've been this way for, you know, the last, I'd say, three months where they, you know, and now I know that the uh, the 18 game uh, point streak started uh, before the All-Star break, but they've been a pretty solid team since they got Bergeron and Chara back from injury. So, yeah. and they're doing this without Pasternak. So, I mean, I think that Leaf fans who are, you know, shaking their heads that they have to play this team in the first round or right right on target. And it's going to be a challenge for this team to beat the Bruins because they provide a matchup problem because they do what the Leafs don't. They're they're a physical team, but they also have skill. And the Leafs are going to have to outskill a very skilled team. So it's going to be a tough road to hoe for the Leafs. A lot of Leaf fans are just stuck in fantasy. I, I, my neighbor, great guy, huge supporter of the Leafs combo. We talk Boston. He's like, well you know what, they're hot at the right time for them, but they'll cool off and the Leafs will be able to... What's that? Because historically, the Leafs have been able to do what against the Boston Bruins? Mike, why on earth would you want to do anything other than play well all the time? Well, I can just I can just hear, you know, and I'm believe me, I'm not predicting, I'm not hoping that the Bruins beat the Leafs. I'm just, I'm trying to be... Um, someone who's playing it down the middle, I can see that if the Leafs lose to the Bruins in the first round, you will have massive complaints from the media and from yeah. fans regarding the NHL playoff format and the oh, yeah. unfairness of playing the Bruins in the first round. I, I, I agree. I think the playoff format sucks, but yeah, you, you know what you have to do? You have to beat the opponent that's in front of you. And you know, I think right now the way the Leafs are playing and the way the Bruins are playing – it's going to be really tough for them to beat him. Uh, I mean, they're going to need Freddie Anderson to stand on his head, and they're going to need guys like Tavares and Matthews to really step up. I'm not saying it's impossible, but right now it looks pretty, pretty tough. Uh, I'm rooting for the Leafs all the way. The commentary after the game, if you look at the quote that uh, that Mike Babcock made about uh, about the fourth line, about you know uh, about the fact that you know he doesn't. He he, it, it, the way he insinuated it is he doesn't have the tools to work with, and 
I, you know, I mean, they didn't go out and get any sandpaper or an experience at upfront or on the blue line at the deadline. All they did was the Patan for Par Lindholm deal. And, you know, he referenced, you know, well, we have to have guys who penalty kill. And Lindholm was one of their penalty killers. So I, I, I just get the impression, and I'm just reading into it, and sometimes when you analyze things, you, you're off base. But I get the impression Babcock is not happy with the moves or lack mm-hmm. of moves that they made before the deadline and now feels – you know, I think the comments that he made were so sort of like, well, if we lose, it's not my fault. We didn't get the players yeah, that we needed. Well. And uh, but honestly, the last couple of years, what the hell did Brian Boyle and Thomas Placanitz do? Absolutely mm-hmm. friggin' nothing. And those were guys that Babcock wanted. Yeah, so, they, yeah, I, exactly, Mike. They, he he wanted them. The old guy brought them in. Now, what happens when Kyle Dubas doesn't do anything and relies on his? His, his crew from the AHL who will get destroyed because they're not good enough. What happens now? This is, does, this, does everything point back to Mike Babcock and it being his fault? That's, the, that's what I'm concerned about because this guy should be the head coach of the team when the, when the team wins the Stanley Cup because it's not going to be Sheldon Keefe. It's, it won't be. Anybody who thinks that is in a dream world, go, go like another team because that's not going to be the case. I know a lot of people want it to be because it would be just the perfect scenario because the spreadsheet and the data sheet will tell us that Kyle Dubas will be the greatest general manager and Sheldon Keefe will be his head coach and Martin Marinson will win the Conn Smythe. It's never happening. You need to have an elixir and a concoction of things that work and that will make sense and that will bring you success even if you don't like them because they're older than you mm-hmm. and you think that they're overbearing. Dubas and, and um, Babcock are going to have to figure out how to work together to make this work. And the people like us who uh, are, are good fans and who care are going to have to work with people, uh, other fans who don't really like guys like us and guys like yeah. Babcock and, and the older generation or tougher generation. They're going to have to figure out how to reconcile that we're a part of this process too. I just think comments that Babcock made, and maybe I'm over uh, overreacting to them, but I think a lot of other people have, m- have mentioned the same thing. It almost smacked of sort of laying the groundwork for blame. And it's like, you know, uh, th- that's defeatist. So yeah, I mean, that's not good. So, you know, I, I mean, Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe we never find out. Maybe, maybe you know what the Leafs did or didn't do at the deadline won't affect anything, and they'll mm-hmm. actually step up and win against the Bruins mm-hmm. and have a successful playoff. I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure most of the people who are listening to the show are hoping that, but I'm, but I'm just saying right now, the indicators. I mean, he he did it before the deadline in terms of well, we you know we, we need this or we need that. He, he, he did that with Lou Lamorello. He threw uh, Babcock threw subtle hints out there and not so subtle hits during morning skate or before morning skates. Uh, when he talked to the media about, we need this or we need that. And mm-hmm. they, you know, Nick Patan, who he played at center. And I don't think is somebody he envisions as a center or, you know, I, I don't know if he even envisions him as a fourth liner, yeah. you know, he, you know, he was not happy after the game. He says he couldn't play, play them in the defensive zone. So I think that, that you're not going to see Patan, Moore, and Innes starting uh, as the fourth line in the postseason. A lot of people are afraid of improvement. It's a, it's a, it's a scary thing. It's cringy. People don't want to improve. This is the Leafs combo, Norman James with Mike Hodgello. We do what we do for our good friends at Vanguard Northeast Realty in Scarborough. Vanguard, any .ca. The Leafs can only control what the Leafs can control. And watching Boston do what it's doing is an intimidating thing. It's a a cringy thing. It's an anxiety-inducing thing. But 
uh, it's a lot of smoke and it, you know a lot of it is smoke and mirrors because the Leafs really can't get their hands on the Bruins. They can't get in there and change the direction of where the Bruins are going or, or you know affect what the Bruins are doing. They all they can do is watch it. I mean, it's just like a show that is difficult to watch if you're the opposition. Great to watch if you're a Bruins fan. Getting back well, to what the Maple Leafs have to do right now, Mike, is between now and the end of the season. And this is where we can be constructive, and this is where we can bring some extra value to this podcast. How, let's, let's talk about ways that this team can improve without throwing anybody under the bus or pointing the fingers at the general manager, the head coach, or certain players, or the way the lineup is put together. What can this team do between now and Game 82 to prepare itself the best it can to be as successful as it can when the playoffs roll around? Let's not even think about Boston right now because that's just going to drive us nuts. What can the well, Leafs do starting against Edmonton to begin readying itself even more for the big challenge to come? Well, I, I'm I'm not sure they really can simply because, I mean, in terms of like the defense, they overworked their top four against Vancouver. Um, you know, the defensive uh, lineup is only changing by one, putting in Ozagan off for, uh, for Justin Hall. So maybe the minutes will be distributed more evenly. But that's a big question mark because you don't know when Gardner is going to come back, if at all. And you don't know when Dermott's going to come back. So mm. you're, you're locked into that. And then and obviously with the, the comments that Babcock made, you're locked into a rotating four of more Innes, Patan, and Gautier uh, at, at the forward line. And they only have three call-ups from the the, uh, the Marlies. They can make three emergency recalls after the deadline. So you're you're limited in terms of what you can do. I'm sure that once Callie Rosen is healthy, he'll probably be one of those guys who's called up, but he isn't even skating with the Marlies right now. So, I mean, honestly, the only thing I think that you can really do other than what you've done so far is, and Babcock has intimated this recently, is – uh, how many games you're going to play Anderson down the stretch. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're at a point where you're four points behind the Bruins, not to say you're giving up, but because you're not, and the Bruins play, I think, four of their last 14 games on the road, um, Babcock has hinted that he's going to play Anderson a little less and not overwork him. Um, I think he mentioned 56 games, which is ridiculous because that would be an equal split of him and Sparks going down the stretch. That's not going to happen. But if they lighten the load on Anderson, then the the excuse of him being spent when you get to game one against the Bruins in the playoffs, that goes out the window. But honestly, I think home ice advantage is pretty valuable. And if you have a chance to get it, you have to play Anderson. Babcock versus Dubas. If there's a detente between those two or things are, are – um beginning to bubble up under the surface no matter what the team the organization fans we we really can't lament it or, or antagonize that rift between now and however long the Leafs continue to play for because aren't we all in this to watch the Leafs conquer Mount Boston and get on to the next round and maybe go on a crazy run and win the Stanley Cup that's what we want beyond that because look at Leaf fans let's be honest a lot of Leaf fans we hate each other like I, I have get get along better with fans of other teams than Leaf fans because let's we just we just hate each other. People we talk about the Leafs and say, hey, the Leafs did a great job today. People react to us as if we said something horrific, and it's our fault. Let that's the way Leaf fans are, and I don't know if it's passion or if it's stupidity or if it's a little bit of both. But um, what what I'm concerned about is a Babcock versus Dubis narrative that is going to ramp up. We're going to begin 
putting blame in, in you know either the Dubas basket or the uh, Babcock basket, and it's going to be a sort of a competition as to who is going to absorb most of the blame for this team's uh, deficiencies or the things they lack. Kyle Dubas isn't going to give Mike Babcock all the things that he wants for a couple of reasons. One, we've seen that a lot of these veteran guys who come in um, for a, a lot of times a, a, a pick or something of value that the Leafs probably use down the line don't seem to work out. But on the other hand, maybe the Leafs just aren't ready to start sending away key prospects for for the cherry on top. Well, I'll, I'll just say this to finish things out. If they lose in the first round, this is going to be the narrative over the summer. It's going to be the signings of Marner and all the other free agents, what they do to improve their defense, because their defense, if they lose in the first round, will likely be the cause of their loss. And, you know, the the dynamic of Babcock versus Dubas in terms of, you know, one providing the other with um, the players that they want or the other one being able to work with the players he's given. Mm-hmm. That's it. Until until the offseason, this is a moot point. Uh, in the meantime, the Oilers, Leafs, just go in there, have some fun, be the best they can, go win a hockey game, Mike. I mean, other than that, what, what else can you say? There's no point gripping your stick too tight right now. There's Leafs are playing pretty well. Just well, go in and have some fun, right? I mean, the Oilers actually have turned it on the last few games. I think they've won four in a row. And, you know, after they got demolished against the Leafs uh, earlier uh, uh, before before the deadline, I believe, um, uh, I think it was six to one. I mean, it was not a pretty game for Connor McDavid. And you could see the look on his face. So, I mean, I'm sure Edmonton's going to be riled up and there'll be a lot of Leaf fans in the uh, stands at the uh, arena in Edmonton. I'll wrap it up with this, Mike. Mike Babcock. And his old way of thinking and the expectations that he has of, of, of how a hockey team should come together is not going to win a Stanley Cup, not only in Toronto, anywhere, without evolving, without understanding the game has changed, the dynamics of the game has changed, the way you put the, uh, together a team is much different than it once was. The guy knows more than we do. But what I'm saying is, you know, the uh, projection of, of angst or frustration based on lack of talent that you think you you need to have or that you wanted to have is especially publicly it's just not going to work it's going to make things worse Kyle Dubas the jury's still out on this guy if people think he's the general manager for the Leafs of the Leafs for life they're kidding themselves he could be fired he could be fired next week he's 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 not locked into a job remember you you don't just get stuff because you think you deserve it you get it because you earn it and you have to keep it so the best scenario for all of us here is to watch the Leafs find a gear, beat Boston somehow by hook or by crook. Babcock satisfied, Dubas is satisfied. These guys stay on page, stay on message, work together. In the next two or three years, this Leafs team wins a couple of cups. Bob's your uncle. I know it sounds simple, but it's going to be hard. It's a challenge. It's, it, the likelihood of it happening is less than the likelihood of it happening. But, you know, I honestly think this we're, we're better together as opposed to apart. Question is... Can we get it done? Michael, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Norman. Thanks for listening to the Leafs Convo podcast, as always, presented by Vanguard Northeast Realty and Scarborough, vanguardne.ca. Talk to you next time.